And welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's only fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. It's early for podcasts. We usually record these things in the afternoon or traditionally in the evening, but it's a seven o'clock start. Yes, in the morning. It's Friday. It's uh, July the 6th, and we're sitting down with a guy who's uh, very familiar to the world of endurance sports. Um, If you've ever crossed a finish line at a triathlon, a running race, uh, Grand Fondo, uh, a long-distance cross-country skiing event, chances are you've heard this guy's voice at the finish line, even going back 20, 30 years. Our guest today on FitSpeak is Steve King. Steve, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. You're very welcome, Kevin. Nice to be here with you. And today we're talking swimming and uh, long-distance swimming. Uh, We'll get around to that in a little bit. We're starting this interview awfully early, 7 o'clock. you're a busy guy. What's work for you nowadays? Well, I still have a regular job uh, five days a week, and so I'm a clinical counselor, and I work uh, in sp- specifically with addicts and alcoholics, but mainly I focus on uh, trauma work with them, and I've been doing that since 1989. And you've written some books on the subject. I have, yeah. Uh, I've written uh, four books, uh, not just around the addictions, but mainly around trauma and uh, recovery and what it takes, and also on things like existentialism. Uh, one called Rapid Recovery, and uh, another one which is 12 Steps to Authenticity. I'm hoping to help people achieve their full potential. And in addition to uh, your regular work as a counselor, you've got a fairly famous sideline as being a race announcer. And um, you doing any work this weekend? Yes, indeed. As you're probably well aware, we've got the Grand Fondo this weekend. So we start off with... Uh, uh, tomorrow morning, in fact, we have the Paseo Hill Climb, which is a hill climb up to Apex. Then we have the Piccolo Fondo for the young kids. That's a Criterium-style race. And then, of course, we have the four events that are on Grand Fondo Day on Sunday. So we've got the Fondo happening in Penticton, only an event you've been traditionally associated with the past. The Great White North Triathlons happening mm-hmm. up in Edmonton. We had a chance to talk to some of the contenders on Fitspeak a little bit earlier, trying to building up uh, some... Uh, Friendly rivalry, Jeff Simons, uh, <laughs> spoke with him yesterday, and I was also speaking with uh, Nathan Killam, who's been having a, an exceptional year, so mm-hmm. uh, we're looking forward to them and Chris Bagg uh, battling it out uh, at the Great White North, so uh, stay tuned, FitSpeak listeners, we'll have the race results, and perhaps if uh, everything's uh, turning out well, uh, a post-race interview with uh, one of the winners. Let's let's get into the sport of long-distance swimming, Steve. Could you tell us a little bit about the history of the Skaha Ultra Swim? Sure. Well, in, in 1985, I decided that uh, it would be neat to have a swim here that took uh, participants all the way from one end of uh, Skaha Lake to the other. And so with my wife, I organized the event for about the first uh, 10 years, and it went very successfully. Uh, uh, we didn't have huge numbers the first few years. I think we had 16 that first year. And uh, Dave Kirk, who in fact in 86 won the first uh, official Ironman Canada, he won the event and a lady called Tanya Cansdale. We went on till about 1999. Uh, then there was a bit of a break from uh, 2004 through to 
2017 when we revived the event last year. So what, what happened in those years between? Just a lack of support, well, with the numbers down? Yeah, we had about four race directors over the years. I handed it over to Carl Donahue, then it was Aidan Gidlow, and now it's uh, Shelley Best is the race director. But uh, when Aidan left the community, it was difficult to find someone who was willing to take it on. I mean, I was so busy um, that I, I, I couldn't really take it back on myself as a race director, but I used to mention it in a lot of different places. And we were at the uh, Ultra 520 or the Ultra Candor as it used to be, and I happened to mention the Ultra Swim and I said, Something like, if anyone's ever interested, please Pick let me know. Pick up the torch. Yeah, and Chad Bentley and Matt Hill got hold of me, and so we discussed it with a few other people, Steve Brown and uh, Shelley Best, and Shelley jumped on board and said she'd be willing to be the race director. So here we are. Uh, it was revived last year, and it's back again this year. And the great thing was, I mean, previously, the most finishes we'd ever had was just over 60. And so... Uh, we said out the blue last year, well, let's limit it to 100. <laughs> let's Put a cap on it, yeah. yes. And amazingly, it filled right up very, very quickly because it's become extremely popular. There's a candle-wide swim series. We've got, of course, the Across the Lake swim in Kelowna. We've got the Rattlesnake Island swim in Peachland as well. So it really complements what's going on. So any other ideas about why the sudden popularity I guess you could say in long distance swimming and specifically this race well I think we've got some amazing swim clubs uh, in the Okanagan uh, and and you top that off with what happens in the sport of triathlon which become more and more popular and uh, most communities have triathlon now so I just felt it was probably uh, a, just that little bit different a lot of people who do triathlon want to experiment a little bit with the individual disciplines. A lot of people have taken up trail running. If you think of ultra running, it's way more popular than it ever used to be. Now you've got limited fields because it, we used to say, oh, if we had 20 people doing a race, we'd think that was doing well. Mm -hmm. Now you've got 200 to 2,000 doing some of the races. Now let's talk about some of the more exceptional times it's been running. Now in triathlon as a uh, a person who does triathlon, mm -hmm. I think I'll leave it to that. Uh, sometimes when we look at swim splits over the years, it's not necessarily a, a fair fair thing to compare swim splits. And one of the issues triathletes sometimes complain about is, oh, well, the course was long or the yeah. course was short. But when it comes to the Skaha Ultra Swim, um, the, same. the swim is going to be the same, which is a length of... 11.8 kilometers 11 or 7.38 miles. The participants start on the Skaha side in Penticton? Uh, yeah, it, it, it now goes um, north to south. Uh, north we've to had south. it go the other way previously as well. Originally, it went from Okanagan Falls to Penticton. But because when the majority of swimmers were finishing, there were huge crowds on the beach, and ah. sometimes it was dodgy coming through, and sometimes there were power boats flying through, whereas it's a lot safer going into Okanagan Falls. So you finish up. Nothing to do with that beautiful current that we had at Ultraman last year? <laughs> <laughs> no, although that can be a little helpful, of course, yeah. So when Serge Score set the uh, course record there, in what year was that? That was 1997. And in 97, was that a north-south or a south-north swim? Uh, that was a north-south. You've seen a lot of these people complete it. What is the ratio of people who wear wetsuits to, to non-wetsuit participants? Well, for a couple of years when Aidan Gidlow was the race director, he offered two categories, okay. and now it, it's back to how it was. It's whatever you want, and it's very rare. I mean, we'll get maybe one or two people who decide they don't want to wear a wetsuit, um, 
that's the way it is. Why not wear one? Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. But I, I get the fact that um, the purity of the mm. sport. If you if you're a channel swimmer like English channel swimmer, or you do some of the world world renowned distance swims, of course, a lot of them you're not allowed to wear a wetsuit. So when we look at this, we've had a lot of equality or parity, or in fact dominance by female athletes over yeah. male dominance. Like, yep. tell, tell us about the most recent race results and how that went down. Well, on three occasions, we've had women outright win the event. Casey Emerson did so in uh, 1989, and she is a women's record holder. She set a time of 2.30.04. That was in 1991. The record for the men is surge scores, as you said, in 1997, at 2.21.44. Um, but the other two women, Celia Spence, won overall in 2001, and then last year, Chantal Jeffrey uh, dominated the event. It was wonderful last year. We had actually three women in the top four. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Any theories as to why the women are so uh, equal or perhaps dominant in this sport, or at least at, at the uh, Skaha Ultra Swim? Well, they, they, it was young women who really took it apart out mm. there, and I would say it's because uh, they have a lot going for themselves these days or, or a lot to aim for. Uh, quite a few of the younger women, and I'm talking about the 15 to 24-year-olds, are potentially aiming to get on the uh, Olympic 10K team, for instance, or get to a national level at those distances. So this is a perfect distance for them to be actually swimming at. So one of the things that we worry about as parents or as adults is, you know, having our our young athletes uh, burn out due to overtraining injuries isn't something in the realm of 10 kilometers a bit much to ask of a teenager or young adult? Possibly, but I think if you're aiming to get on, say, a national team or get to major games, uh, that you have to be at that sort of level, around about 18 anyway. Mm. And uh, if you choose to, as a lot of people do, they may leave the sport at 25. Now, they may return. They may be like a Serge Score mm. who just is able to continue and still dominate. Or a Glenn Carlson is another one who lives locally, won the Worlds at 1,500 meters. Mm. He's now in the 60-plus and still does 18 and a half minutes for 1,500 meters. My goodness. I mean, that's <laughs> phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl Donahue now in the 70s set a new record. So um, I think it depends on your interest now how much you make it a lifestyle. But a lot of younger people are going to go off to university. They're going to swim at university. But what happens when they come out and they do a 9-to-5 job or they have children and families? So a lot of them will step aside from the sport at that level anyway for a while. Have you uh, ever attempted it, Steve? I did. I mean, swimming was by far my worst discipline. Uh, But as the race director for the first eight years, I decided I need to. And in fact, I think it was 1993. Mm -hmm. And my time was one of the all-time slowest. Oh, my. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. Wetsuit? Uh, Wetsuit, definitely. (laughs) Uh, But to me, one of the most phenomenal uh, swims was a guy called Luke Stockdale. In 1992, he butterflied the entire way. Five hours, 50 minutes, 42 seconds. Imagine that. Literally butterflying for 11.8 kilometers. How old was he when he started and how old was he when, <laughs> when his body finished that? Well, he was probably about 30 to yeah. 32, something like that. But An amazing man, performance, to, yeah. To watch him in action yeah. was just outstanding. What a statement. Uh, I wonder how he's feeling today. Well, he loved it. He did yeah. come back. For the folks who don't know about the Ultra Swim, it's also held in conjunction with the Peach Festival here in Penticton. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for the listeners who are interested in perhaps, us, you know, this year's uh, sold out, if they're looking forward to maybe engaging in some sort of uh, long-distance swim, this would be a great, uh, a great goal for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Mm. Could you tell us about uh, when it's traditionally held and um, maybe some tips for training? Well, August the 12th this year is when it's going to be held and it's the same time of year every year. As you say, it's the back end. It's uh, on the final day of the official Peach Festival and we're delighted to be uh, coordinating the event with them and being part of the action. Um, and I would suggest within a month of the event uh, closing that it's time to check out the website and get your name on the list. And we do have a wait list. I mean, the good thing is there's uh, usually about 10 to 20 people who uh, say, please put me on the wait list. We've had possibly up to 15 people so far that have had to drop through different reasons. So those people that are on the wait list have been phoned and we're still at 100 that will be starting, hopefully. Okay. So, uh, so much uh, good luck, and we should thank uh, Chad Bentley for taking up the torch and moving forward with this. Yeah, and Matt Hill. It was so good of him to step up and say, let's do it, and they've got some sponsors on board, and Shelley's doing a huge amount of work to make this all possible, and we hope that everyone can end up calling themselves a Scarlet Lake Ultra Swim finisher. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you, Kevin.